Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Good evening and welcome to the Tony Kinnett cast on WIBC. My name is Tony Kinnett. Let's begin. My, it has been a crazy time, but speaker Mike Johnson is definitely on the march. According to Marjorie Taylor Greene, Senator, or excuse me, uh, Secretary of State Mayorkas is going to be facing an impeachment vote in the upcoming week, and it certainly doesn't stop there. Things are getting wild all over in the House as President Joe Biden's son, Hunter, as well as a host of other Biden family officials, have uh, been subpoenaed for a series of crimes the Biden administration is becoming increasingly pained in trying to deny. The House is all kinds of a mess right now because of the bleeding from congresswomen who are getting censured for their anti-Semitic comments. And we're going to get to that in just a second. First and foremost, I, I have to share a little something special with you. Last night's debate hosted by NBC for the Republican primary was actually pretty fantastic. And that was bewilderingly surprising to me because and you, you, some of you may not know this, um, NBC's not historically very friendly to Republicans. In fact, they're very unfriendly to Republicans. And although during the break they were trying to fact check statements like DeSantis saying he sent a plane to Israel to uh, collect American citizens and bring them home in the initial days of the Israel-Gaza-Hamas war. And uh, NBC said that was mostly true because DeSantis didn't actually fly the plane. NBC actually ran a very clean debate. At this point, there are only five candidates left and uh, things are certainly not slowing down, except I'm a little confused as to why Chris Christie was on stage at all. Chris Christie is polling just phenomenally low. He was pulling like Mike Pence was pulling. Uh, Tim Scott, really nice guy, shouldn't have been on stage either. Basically, the GOP primary debate was a lot like tetherball. Uh, you had Ron DeSantis on one side. You had Vivek Ramaswamy on the other side. And they were both smacking Nikki Haley back and forth trying to destroy her. And she wasn't doing herself any favors. Nikki Haley's performance was abysmal. Uh, at one point, uh, Vivek was criticizing her warmongering policies of which she's very very much a warmonger and uh at one point said that he uh, he called her dick cheney in three inch heels which was a pretty great dig uh a few minutes later uh nikki haley responded by saying yes i wear heels uh these heels are not for show they are ammunition and the entire internet still to this moment has no idea what that means uh, I don't know if you know what she meant by uh, her heels are ammunition. Uh, if you could just shoot me an email to Tony.Kinnett at DailySignal.com. Uh, operators are standing by. We're very concerned. 
Um, other than that, I, I know that a lot of my other hosts at WIBC were impressed by Vivek Ramaswamy's performance. It was not good. Um, he had a lot of quippy lines and he definitely threw out a p- lot of punches, but none of the things that he said made sense. There was not one question that was asked to him that he answered directly. Uh, when he was asked how many ships the U.S. Navy needed to compete with China, he didn't have a number. Uh, while every other candidate did, had a formula for how we needed to build our Navy. When Vivek was asked about anti-Semitism on Jewish campuses, he kind of ran around the question and shifted all other conversation. When he was asked about Israel, he flipped the question to the southern border. Vivek really did a poor job because Vivek is not running for president. Vivek Ramaswamy is running for one reason and one reason alone. She, or excuse me, he is running to be Donald Trump's vice president. And and for the first few weeks, I, I said she, that was a Freudian slip. Nikki Haley was also originally running to be Donald Trump's vice president, but things have changed. She's kind of become Mike Pence 2.0. And it's a very weird place because right now the Democrats are shooting themselves in the feet left and right. And you would think that in Donald Trump's rally last uh, during the debate, he might have something to say that was positive. But Trump kind of hemmed and hawed and and kind of talked about the indictments and kind of talked about Joe Biden and, and really didn't focus on what the plan is going forward for the GOP, which should be a fair amount of, of concern. And, and the reason this should be a fair amount of concern is We just had a serious election in which Republicans were obliterated in almost every single state. Even in Indiana, we had city elections that flipped blue. There's no plan currently on the table for GOP moving forward. And the only thing that the GOP currently can agree on is that Ronna McDaniel, head of the Republican National Convention, needs to step down. Meanwhile, in Congress, things are getting rather weepy. I'm sure many of you have seen this, but uh, Representative Rashida Tlaib from Michigan, uh, who has said that Israel is a terrorist state, uh, that it needs to be wiped off the map. Um, A lot of other really disgusting comments, uh, praising Hamas, praising the genocidal phrases that that organizational uses. Um, Congress, including 20 Democrats, voted to censure. Now, for those of you that may not be up on the congressional lingo, A censure just means kind of a strong letter reprimand. We don't like what you're doing. Hey, watch it, Buster. It's good when you have an individual that's perhaps made some mistakes, like, let's say, driving drunk as an Indiana representative. Just, you know, throwing names out there. A censure is a good step in making sure that we maintain a level of decorum in our Congress. And it was a good thing that anti-Semite Rashida Tlaib from Michigan was censured. 20 Democrats joined on to that. Her response to being censured, it was something special. Here, you're going to want to take a look at this. And anti-Semitism makes us all less safe and worry that your own child might suffer the horrors that six-year-old Wadia did in Illinois. So Rashida starts off after being censured by the House, saying that Islamophobia is running rampant because this Islamic family was attacked Uh, by this insane person in Illinois. And it's fine to mention that there are serious events of violence going on around the country and that you condemn those. But it is interesting that Rashida Tlaib has not yet mentioned one of the Jewish people in this country that have been beaten, that have been killed, uh, buildings that have been driven through in attempts of mass genocide and anti-Semitism. 
uh, hasn't mentioned the loss of innocent life in Israel and refrained for as long as possible about even mentioning the Israeli uh, catastrophe that they suffered at the hands of Hamas. But all of a sudden, she has a few things to say about being Palestinian. Take a listen. I can't believe I have to say this, but Palestinian people are not disposable. For those of you that are listening, she starts to break down and cry. Because, you know, everyone in Congress has said Palestinian people are disposable. Oh, wait, that's actually no one. But but here she goes. Ilhan Omar is going to get up and comfort her. Patner. Right. Hmm. Such a moment of unity from Congress. We are human beings. Just like anyone else. Again, no one is contesting this. No one is. There has not been a single person out there that has accused any Palestinian individual of not being human. There is no one out there that says that innocent people need to die. Hamas is is the group that is hiding behind the innocent people in Palestine. You would think that Talib on the side of Palestinians, uh, assumedly, would say, therefore, Hamas needs to unconditionally surrender so the people of Palestine can be safe. No. And, and it's going to continue this way. This is a member of Congress, and the oppression Olympics are just beginning. Up next, we're going to be talking a little bit uh, with Shoshana Weissman uh, from R Street Institute about a lot of the regulatory reform and a path to victory that Republicans actually could take in 2024. You are listening to the Tony Kinnecast on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's the Tony Kennett Cast on 93 WIBC. Feels like I'm losing it. Good evening and welcome back to the Tony Kinnett cast. I'm Tony Kinnett, joined by the great senator from East Virginia, that's Shoshona Weissman. She's from our state and is one of the leading minds when it comes to regulatory reform. And before you turn off the monitor and you go into snooze land because you hear regulatory reform, or you hear economics, and you decide that it's time to go to sleep, don't. Because as I pointed out in the very first episode of this show, to be a good candidate, you need to do two things well. Not one thing, two things well. Number one, you absolutely have to make sure that you are good at governing. All of the culture war stuff in the world doesn't matter if you're not good at governing. And then at the same time, you not only need to have good governance skills, but you also need to know how to communicate that. And you have to fight on behalf of the culture war and the people that you're working with. And the expert when it comes to good governance is Shoshona. So first of all, tell us what you're up to over at our state. Oh, thank you so much. Um, I'm having a lot of fun. Uh, I just released a report on lawyer licensing reform. It's a little different than others because, uh, so, uh, basically the legislature and the executive regulate every other profession. Lawyers get to regulate themselves. So no, there's really not a ton of reform there. There's some stuff starting, but I put together a report on just some simple things to do to make it a little bit better. You know, let people work across state lines. Um, continuing legal, legal education, which every lawyer knows and hates. 
doesn't work. I've read reports and it just like doesn't work at all. So I'm doing a bunch of stuff like that. And then just social media regulation. A lot of people want to regulate it really hard, but it's not functional and it doesn't do what they think it will. And it'll just kind of stop competition. So I'm trying to be like, hey, let's think through this a little more before we do this. So a lot of that. <laughs> right. Definitely social media stuff is something that we'll touch on, if not in, in this short bit in the next couple of weeks, because this is something that you and I wholeheartedly agree on and it's a mess right now. Uh, in fact, I wrote an article a couple of weeks ago on how frustrated FERPA, which is the education HIPAA law, as I've joked about before, <laughs> not what it was written for, uh, but the Family Education Rights and Privacy Act built to give parents access to their kids' school records has become this kind of a flag that schools get to pull whenever they're asked questions by the media these days to prevent anyone asking any questions totally. about their actions. Well, the problem is, like many regulatory laws, they were not built with the future in mind, like our Constitution was. Our Constitution was forward-thinking. Regulations from bureaucratic industries really aren't. They're kind of what's going on right now. They do everything short of naming names, um, and they just kind of ramrod things through. And this is why regulatory reform is so important. And look, a lot of people that I talk to, parenting groups, whether it's in education, whether it's economic reform people or foreign policy reform, you know, talking about how we change immigration ideas and who we're bringing into the country and why, they want to write some catch-all law that like you snap your fingers and it's like the genie from Aladdin, let's have some magic, and then all of a sudden it's fixed and everyone's fine. But it doesn't work that way. And as you can tell us better than anyone, regulatory reform is a slow process, not because you're dragging your heels, but often because these regulatory practices are decades and decades of this big bowl of intertwining naughty spaghetti, and you have to untangle it first in order to fix it. Tell us a little bit about how regulatory reform works in general. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, even when you get to new regulations, I try to remind people, hey, here's where this can end up if we don't do it right, which is why it's so important that it's done right. But um, right, you're giving someone a bat to swing. You have to be very yeah. careful in how that bat swings. Exactly. Like you can wreck the house or you can like hit a ball. Like it, it kind of depends where you do it. That's a really good way to put it. Um, but you're exactly right. It's a really big issue that I see. And it's always the same kind of issues. One is that even when there's good regulations on the books, they're not enforced. So regulations right. are just not enforced. People, um, not people, but regulators really like barriers to entry and they like to enforce them. They don't like to enforce like regular regulations quite as much. Unless it's kind of like the federal gun laws right now, where we have people slipping yeah. through the system. We're not even in enforcing like the mental health concern checks that enabled the shooter. Anymore. Yeah, I was reading about that in uh, in the dispatch, and I'm like, this is another example of like enforcement isn't happening. It's barriers to entry, but for getting like licensed and stuff like that. But uh, another like less high stakes one is salons. It's, uh, you know, you have to have an occupational license to cut hair, to do makeup and all that kind of stuff. But if your salon is like full of dangerous bacteria, they don't really care. There's tons of health inspections. They won't really shut you down unless it's really, really egregious. Even with food safety stuff, like a lot of times they just kind of like half it. They're like, oh, well, We'll, we'll check if it gets like really bad, like if there's rats everywhere. Which is so weird because if, if you remember, when we were kids, half the cartoons had an episode with the health inspector. Oh, like yeah, they SpongeBob still do. SpongeBob had an episode, Homestar yeah. Runner. Um, there were all of these episodes where like, oh, the health inspector's coming. He's going to shut us down. But it doesn't really work like yeah. that anymore. I mean, you have New York restaurants where cockroaches are literally serving the food to the customers. <laughs> it's like... They're good workers, not, you know. Nothing's being... Yeah, exactly. Nothing's being enforced. 
But yet Democrats and Republicans want to come through. In Indiana, we have a lot of Republicans that want to start bringing forth new regulation, yeah. like all of a sudden, a new law in the books is suddenly going to stop schools from yeah. teaching critical race theory or stop businesses from uh, cheating on perhaps safety regulations and things. But, you know, God forbid you let someone open up a hair salon yeah. and, intru- and in- instantly be infested with mites and lice and lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. I mean, the regulatory state at both the federal and the state levels are just not made to enforce, which is a really big problem because we have all these unenforced regulations. So then you get selective enforcement against people government doesn't like. And when you get to reform them, there's all these people who think just horrible things are going to happen if they go away. So you kind of net neutrality. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Same idea. But a lot of people know that a lot more. But um, even with lawyer licensing reform, I wasn't sure what we were going to get in this awesome Utah regulatory sandbox. But it's amazing. The rates of harm, like the harm related complaint rate against non-lawyers practicing law is way lower than the one for lawyers, which is incredible. It's still pretty like aggressive oversight and it's still, you know, a sandbox. So they know they're being watched a little more. But I think there's been like one harm related complaint for over 6,000 services. That's incredible. Like that's just amazing. And um, when when they started, I wasn't even thinking it would be this good. But if you have a sandbox or if you can just get rid of a regulation slowly or show, hey, this other state doesn't have this regulation and they're mm-hmm. fine, all those sources of data can really help. Um, even when the federal government reforms licensing from within and allows nurse scope of practice to expand or allows nurses to practice this independently, you still get a little bit more oversight. Not that the VA is a great system, but the VA did allow nurses to do more and treat people. And that's that part of the VA has worked really well. Um, and it's kind of incredible. You can make these little reforms, let people work across state lines and then right. rates of harm don't go up and everything's OK and there's more competition. So it's it's something you, you really do need to go about slowly because if something really big and bad were to happen, everyone would freak out and then you would lose all potential for reform. But if like you do, Chernobyl and nuclear yeah. power. Uh, yeah. Or three mile. Yeah, island, you know. And now we're only getting back into nuclear power ideas now, which is sad. But, you know. Right, because of how fantastic it is. But I really want to point, I really want to put a pin in that specifically. It really frustrates me because the right and really the country as a whole does a really horrible job of pointing out when things don't go wrong. I mean, it's very easy for me as a journalist to write an article and say, this has all (laughs) gone terribly wrong. But, you know, like you said, with Utah's regulation reform with lawyers, things didn't go belly up in a couple of weeks like everyone was running around saying that they would. Yet there are no articles saying, hey, everything ended up being fine. And the reason I bring that up is in Indiana, a nurse practitioner still cannot practice by herself. She has to yeah. have a collaborating f- physician who often doesn't check in with the practice, provides like no credibility to the practice, yet they get to stamp their name on it and reap the reward from it. And uh, the majority of nurse practitioners that I know are far more invested than the majority of doctors that I know. Now, that's not a blanket statement. That's just from nurse practitioners that I've come into contact with. They do a lot of active boots on the ground research that a lot of doctors who are more specialty focused, maybe don't have to. Yeah. Shoshana Weissman, thanks for hopping on. We'll have you back real soon. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. This is the Tony Kinnacast on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
Awful tweets, awful tweets, the ones that no one ever deletes. Awful tweets, awful tweets on the Tony Kinnett Show. On 93 WIPC. That's right. It's time for awful tweets because when it comes to uh, tweets, and they're always going to be called tweets. I know it's called X now. There is no shortage of the stupidest of the stupid, the boldest of the bold, and the oldiest of the mold dropping their garbage opinions online. And when it comes to journos dropping their garbage opinions, Jerry and I, that's Indie Spanglish over on Twitter X, uh, we've got you covered. This is a show that everyone wanted to uh, come back, Jerry, from the Tony Kinnett show earlier in March. Man, are you are you glad to be back? I'm super happy to be back. And listen, these people wanted attention, so we're here to give it to them. Well, we're going to start off with a real banger. This is from Chank Iger, who runs the Young Turks. So you know it's going to be good. He says, Hamas uses human shields is the weakest, lamest, most overused talking point in history. Okay, even if that were true, is the answer to kill the human shields? I would never kill a human shield in a hostage situation. What kind of monster would? So obviously this is in reference to Hamas uh, hiding their bases of operation on purpose uh, beneath hospitals, mosques, uh, and forcing their civilians to stay there. Tell me, Jerry, what do you think about men who use human shields? You can't defeat in the military if you want to play by the rules like this. Now, if you're a man and you're hiding behind a woman and children, I would say that you probably shouldn't identify as a man anymore because there's nothing weaker than putting up some little seven-year-old girl and hiding behind her. So, no, completely disagree with that. But but how about this one? This is from the Washington Post, Tony. And we're, we're going to stay right there on the Hamas the Hamas line. They show right, a resident. Yeah, they show a resident of Israel. And they say, in an apartment in Tel Aviv on Thursday... Two of her children have been detained by Hamas. Detained? Detained. Like detention? Detained. Yeah. Like, like when you're, you're like when you're pulled over you're on just, the side of the road? Am I free to go or am I detained? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come on. Det- that's detained? what we're calling hostages now, detained. You know, <laughs> I've detainees. got one. Since we're going with the, the Veterans Day theme here, this you'll like this. According to The Nation, military affiliation is today the single strongest predictor of extremist mass violence in America. So uh, I guess if we're targeting uh, shooters, they say military military is uh, that's how they tag you. So uh, Jerry, I guess, you know, you're, you're a potential mass shooter, according to the nation. I got one question though. Um, does this make everyone in Chicago a veteran? <laughs> I, I think so. I think so. Yeah, I think so. They're all vets. Happy veterans day to them. How about this one? We're gonna we're gonna come off X, and this one hurts my heart a little bit, but it's Donald Trump. All right, I had to do it. Donald Trump post on truth. Wow, Daniel Cameron of Kentucky's made a huge surge. Now they see my strong endorsement and the fact that he's not really a McConnell guy. The only try to label him that because he comes from the great state of Kentucky. Anyway, go Daniel. Great future for you and your state. You'll bring it to a new level of success. Oh, posts later. that age. Daniel like Cameron milk. lost because he couldn't alleviate the stench of Mitch McConnell. I told him earlier oh, that's a no. big burden. He, I moved him up 25 points, but because the McConnell relationship was too much to bear, Tate Reeves, on the other hand, surged for a win in governor in Mississippi after my involvement. <laughs> it should be mentioned that McConnell's own chief of staff. And by the way, I'm not a McConnell fan, I, uh, but like McConnell's own chief of staff ran in Kentucky this last election. 
and uh, won by like 35 points. So, uh, wow. So it's not yeah, a battle. I, I don't know if that one, don't know if that one, well, speaking of elections, this is from Frank Luntz. Uh, he says, um, Ronna McDaniel, chairwoman of the RNC, is the GOP's secret weapon, an amazing speaker and smart strategist. Now, I don't know if you know anything about strategy, Jerry, secret but uh, for who, the left? smart strategy <laughs> is, is losing six years in a row. I mean, that, strategy man i i tell you what that's the sleeper of all sleepers hey did you see vivek last night he said if you want to oh, come on I, stage and resign i'll allow you and then he after I, I saw this i was talking to the daily caller about this as soon as the debate was over and everyone else is shaking hands i noticed he like walked by everyone and didn't shake anybody's hand i thought okay mm -hmm. he's being mr big tough guy no he hopped off the stage and started arguing with ronna mcdaniel on the front <laughs> row <laughs> I don't like Vivek. I think he's a used car salesman, but dude, that is so I, that was pretty great. So I said he's the Indian Obama with Trump swag. <laughs> like, you know. So how about this one? When you champion Black Lives Matter and Me Too for four years, only to elect an old white guy who sniffs little girls and writ legislation that impres imprison thousands of black people. <laughs> right? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> All right, uh, I got one for you. So this one's from Politico and uh, uh, P Politico. So do you remember the man, the Jewish man who was beaten to death in a California protest by pro Hamas people? Yeah, you that with the, the megaphone or something like that. Right. So yep. this is how uh, Politico described the, the murderer man involved in confrontation with Jewish protester get, uh, who died protester who died called 911 and cooperated with police. So uh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, sure. You know, may have committed first degree murder, yeah. but then he called 911 and he didn't run off when the police showed up. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Got to Hey, so for this next one, I think we have some audio if you want to go ahead and play that. But this is this is the Democrat candidate who lost he was asked by a member of the police because he was the first Democrat that was elected to the Carmel City Council. And they asked him, what have you done in your term for our relationship? And he's asking specifically the relationship between the police and what would be the mayor's office. So if you want to go ahead and roll that and see what his answer is. Yeah, let's see what Miles for Carmel had to say. Um, during your time on the city council, what specifically have you done that's impacted our members? Impacted our members. All right. So some of the things that uh, uh, that I'm really proud of is um, spearheading a resolution to get Carmel carbon neutral by the year 2050. So uh, that, Zero that's emissions. His, his big <laughs> claim to fame. Oh, yeah. That's what Carmel. That's what Carmel needs. That's what Indianapolis yeah. needs. We need to be carbon neutral. <laughs> yeah. Oh my! No yeah. wonder so this what are you dude do to lost work on your to Sue Finkham. You know, <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to be carbon neutral. That has nothing to do with what we just asked you, sir. Find me an FOP member or a, a police officer who says that, and I will find you a guy who's screwing with you. <laughs> oh, man. God what are we going to do with these people, Jerry? Well, that I is all for like Awful them. Tweets this week we will be back the same time next week you are listening to the tony kinnecast on 93 wibc life is so much more than a diagnosis it's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up 
and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. This is the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIPC. So we like to keep you on your toes around here. And uh, the number one way that we do this is making sure that, uh, well, number one, I am constantly trying to figure out different audio aspects here at the studio. Allison's doing a phenomenal job on the board over in Indianapolis. And um, in this entire process, uh, all I can tell you is I'm just thankful to not have been swatted. And uh, quite honestly, I had a great conversation with the Greenfield Police Department. And at this point, everything should be fine. Everything should be fine. But all of those things said, there's a weird, weird trend going on around the country in which a host of individuals have resorted to interacting with everyone, whether it's on a college campus, whether it's in a restaurant, whether you're having an altercation with your friendly neighborhood mailman. Uh, by whipping out the identity. And uh, I don't just mean the identity is in your license and uh, perhaps a badge as a movie from the 70s might have done. No, whipping out the identity in these days is done in a slightly different manner. And quite honestly, it gets pretty entertaining because at the end of the day, through all of the shenanigans, whenever you have an insane woke weirdo who is telling someone about how oppressed that they are there is a police officer that is paid far too little on the other end who is dealing with it. Uh, this is an individual who was pulled over because she was uh, driving into oncoming traffic, you know, as you do. And uh, this is what it was like when the cops started dealing with her. You can see some of this interaction on the live stream on YouTube. If you're uh, listening on the air on uh, 93.1 out of Indianapolis, you'll just have to listen. Here's what that looked like. What's going on? Nothing. Why are you driving in the wrong way of traffic? No, I just got changed around. I just moved here like two months ago. Okay. I just got changed around. Okay. So at the start, this sounds like kind of a normal situation. You know, oh, you were driving into traffic. What happened? Oh, I just got turned around, got caught on a one-way street. This has never happened to me in Indianapolis. But, you know, I mean, I can see this happening. It goes downhill from here. Do you understand what's going on, though? Yes. You're going into oncoming yes. traffic. I know, and I just decided that it was better just to turn around really f- quick. So, okay. But I'm sorry. I just have, like, really bad social anxiety and stuff. I get you. So, already having issues, because people that feel the need to tell you about how bad their social anxiety are likely don't really have social anxiety. Uh, they're just really annoying. And uh, I'm going to prove it to you. Keep listening. I don't want to step out whenever you're asking for stuff. Okay. Well, we're past that. Just go ahead and step out. As an indigenous person. As an indigenous person. Okay. So we have an individual who was driving into oncoming traffic. This individual is um, special. And uh, in this particular time... The officer has ascertained that she might be under the influence of something because she's acting kind of weird. So he's going to bring her out of the car 
and he's going to ask her to do some tests because when you're driving wonky, let's say you're Jim Lucas driving down I-69 uh, and you're driving like an idiot, perhaps drunk, the cop has a right to pull you out of the car and check that you aren't putting other motorists in danger. So here's how she reacts to that. Right back here, please. Miss Perry? Am I... Well, I'm non-binary, so... Okay. What do you go by? Kai. How can I refer to you tonight? Kai? Kai. Okay. Hey, I'm... So the officer here is being the trooperest of troopers that's ever troopered because she has now told him unrelatedly that she's indigenous, which, by the way, I don't know if any of you knew this. I am actually a card-carrying member of the Cherokee Nation, not like Elizabeth Warren, who's won 1,024th. I actually have my little BIA card and get 20% off at casinos. I am an actual, honest-to-God Native American. However, I've never felt the need to tell a police officer that when I've been pulled over. Uh, I've also never driven into oncoming traffic and gotten combative about it before, but that's, you know, that's neither here nor there. She then says that she's non-binary. So uh, the officer's just trying, how am I going to refer to you? He's being very placative. He's trying his best. And uh, she's not going to have any of it. Smell alcohol. I know. How much have you consumed tonight? Like probably three drinks. I need to run you. Okay. So he says, I smell alcohol on your breath. And she goes, oh, no, because she's caught. Like Jim Lucas, she's been caught drunk driving. And so now he's going to run some tests, you know, like cops do. Do some tests right now. Stand facing me, please. But I just want you to know that I also have very bad social anxiety. You and me both. Okay. <laughs> Any recent head trauma, traumatic brain injuries, anything I need to know about? Uh, mental, yes. <laughs> Focus on my finger, please. I am. You're just like trying to intimidate me. I don't know how I'm trying to do that. This is the test. As you know, as an indigenous person and there's a bunch of going around, I'm sorry. So he's going to try to track her motion because she's drunk and she's, you know, ingested a lot of depressants. And he waves his hand around in front of her and she says, I'm indigenous again. So that's fantastic. You know, just in case the officer wants to bring up um, the Bureau of Indian Affairs, I guess. Sorry, but it's just for me to be on my toes. I get you. Can you remember that I told you that I'm non-binary? Yeah, I'll try my hardest. I'll refer to you as Kai, right? Yes. Perfect. I need to know if you have any injuries or anything that would prevent you from doing a standard walk or a turn tonight. Mental health. Um, any physical injuries? Mental, yeah. <laughs> but no, I'm just saying. Okay. Mental, PTSD, depression, anxiety. I get you. What else you want? Now with your right foot, place it in front of your left in a heel-to-toe touching manner with your arms by your side, just like this, ma'am. Not call me ma'am, please. I'm trying my hardest. Okay, well. Okay. It means a lot to me. I'm trying my hardest. I don't feel like so it's so. Okay. It's kind of triggering. Right oh, foot in front of your left. Nope, go back. I'm sorry, but that whole man thing just like. I apologize. Let's see if we can move sorry. forward from it. You have zero questions? No, but I just want to tell you that I suffer from really bad anxiety, especially. With generational trauma and PTSD around white people and cops. like <laughs> White people and cops. So first of all, the cop, I, 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 don't, I looked later on, is not white. Uh, but of course, when it comes to woke people, it, it's, it's all about how you look to them. 
And I, I had that with colleagues when I was at Indianapolis public schools. Um, so <laughs> the cop is why that's why he's upset that she's been drinking and driving. It's just, uh... I'm going to speak with you right over here. Okay. No. Yes, ma'am. Go ahead and place your hands behind your back. Don't dude. Don't make don't, it hard. Please. Don't make it hard. No. So I'll, I'll save you the rest of this video. Uh, she failed the test. Um, the blood test and the breathalyzer also came back. She is raging drunk. And uh, she decided the best move was to start complaining that the officer was racist and that he was bigoted and all kinds of super duper phobic. And this is what the country's like now. And the role models that they have, you can see uh, crying on the floor of Congress because they're accusing everyone of saying Palestinian people are disposable. As Talib said, yet no one has ever made that claim ever. And then you have individuals who are now wasting all of our officers valuable time because apparently if you're Native American, non-binary, have some kind of social PTSD, you know, not like real PTSD, like someone who's a survivor of sexual assault or someone who's gone to war, but like PTSD is in someone said you look like a woman because you're a woman. Uh, that's now considered socially acceptable behavior. And again, these were the kinds of things that originally we all kind of laughed at as the most obscure form of obscure in the 90s that now there's a very good bet that you could run into this kind of nonsense when you're out on the street. So I would like to encourage you all as we end on this fair evening, you too could qualify for the Oppression Olympics, dig up any interesting facts about your race, about your genitals, and get ready to whip those out. Uh, those are the facts, not your genitals, at the next officer you come in contact with. That's about it for this evening. This has been the Tony Kinnett Cast. I'm Tony Kinnett, Christ is King, and we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>